In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And thank you all for joining us today. This wonderful Thanksgiving week lies ahead, and truly, we all do have so many things to be thankful for. And I challenge you, even if times are hard for you right now, to begin your gratitude journaling, because it is a very, very powerful experience to write about the things that you see and experience in each day for which you have grateful feelings and you will find your energy transforming amazingly well after a week or two of this exercise just take five minutes and write down two or three things that happen to you in the day and and if you have to start with something as simple as as seeing a beautiful sunrise or you know enjoying snuggling up with your dog that's okay just start and it's a great first step to change how you feel and how you're seeing the world. And today we're on a very, very important and uh, some think dire topic. It's a national crisis. It's a new economy. It's a tragedy of epic proportions. It's chocked full of opportunity. The financial future of this country is unpredictable and unstable. There's no doubt about that. But there are a lot of varying perspectives on the topic. But you know what? If you are deeply in debt as a result of what's been going on in the United States for the last couple of years, and and maybe you're the product of the growing unemployment rate, maybe possibly even losing your home, sacrificing the experiences that you and your family are accustomed to, well, there's only one perspective that feels like it counts, right? And that's your own. And that perspective probably includes fear, anger, resentment, self-doubt, all of which make it more difficult to cope and more difficult to resolve the problem. Fear and other negative emotions are absolutely crippling. And you know what? They can even lead to depression. So today we're going to take a look at some empowering action steps, some mindset shifts, and some information that will hopefully help you to rise above the fear and create a plan because we all need 
a plan. Now, too many good, responsible people are now faced with a debt crisis, and it's it's really tempting to just hide under the covers and hope that that problem goes away. But my guest, attorney attorney Emily Chase Smith, has some better ideas for us on this very tough topic that she calls big, dumb, stupid debt. I love it. Now, Emily is an experienced debt negotiator and bankruptcy attorney with the heart of a teacher, and she just gets great joy from counseling individuals and families in tough times and giving them a solid plan to move forward and, most importantly, helping them to find hope again. Hope, if you let it, can conquer any negative emotion. Now, Emily has a legal practice in Southern California, but after hearing client after client repeat scary misinformation, she decided the country needed a clearinghouse for trusted information about options for dealing with debt. And so Big Dumb Stupid Debt was born, and it's a website, a podcast, and a blog with just a wealth of information about debt resolution delivered in a way that doesn't require eyelid toothpicks. So I would very much like to welcome to the show, Emily Chase Smith. Good afternoon, Emily. Hi, Marla. Gosh, you said so many great things at the intro. I kept thinking, oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, there's no shortage of topics in this particular arena, is there, Emily? None. None. Oh, I'll tell you, I know, and uh, it, it is, I do, I know so many people personally who are really struggling with what I consider tragedy because their life is no longer as they've known it, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you're in it, it can feel like a really, really bad thing. Emily, tell us a little bit about how you help people. Well, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, I'm a bankruptcy attorney by trade, but I have to say that, you know, there's so much more that bankruptcy is, is really the, um, the logistical side of it. But, you know, once you start sitting down with enough people, you realize, you know, this is not really a legal issue per se. Mm-hmm. This really touches every aspect of your life. And you're so correct. This is a time of deep loss for people. Yeah. And people who have worked hard and really built and have been educated, and it really just used to be in our country. I tell my clients, if you were willing to work, you were fine. You know, it was kind mm-hmm. of the, the lazy people or the people that you know, didn't really want to try that hard that struggled. But, you know, everybody else, if you were of average intelligence and you were a hard worker, you were fine, and it's just not the case anymore. No. No, it's certainly not. You're seeing people from all walks of life now struggling with foreclosures and, uh, you know, bill collectors calling their homes. And it, it can be absolutely overwhelming and crippling. And, you know, as I said in my intro, the fear is debilitating. So what what are some of the most powerful keys to, you know, first step, I would think, would be to stepping above and beyond that fear so that you can step out and empower yourself. So what are some ways that people can begin to do that? You're right. The fear, the fear can just be absolutely crippling. And one of the most crippling things is the unknown, because this is so new for most people. You know, we, we usually don't work in this arena. You know, we work from a position of having an income and supporting ourselves. And 
for most people, you know, it's, it's usually not maybe complete unemployment, but it can be furlough or a pay reduction that can really kind of wreak havoc with the whole house of cards. So mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that people can do is recognize the fear and say, I'm, I'm afraid. Like, I'm scared to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because when yeah, you recognize this fear, you take the power out of it. You can mm-hmm. say, okay, fear, I see you. You're sitting there in my flower chair. I acknowledge you. And now we're moving on. Mm-hmm. And just like you would with fear of public speaking, fear of getting a you know vaccination, you would have to look that fear in the face and say, okay, I see that I'm afraid, but I see I need my vaccination. I need my root canal, and I'm going to go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. You know, I was just reading an article um, yesterday in a men's magazine about facing fear. And yeah, the guy in a coffee shop had it. It looked interesting. You know, it had brain psychology in it. So I was all over it. And, and it was uh, it was written by a psychiatrist who is helping people with major anxiety issues overcome their anxiety and fears without drugs. And one of the things he said is that people who have anxiety Anxiety and fears and and worries try to push it down and change the subject in their mind and preoccupy themselves and get busy and and he said just what you just said you know you've got to sit down and have a conversation with it face it so yeah very much so but with that said you know being in debt crisis is a very, very, very lonely place because even though, you know, everybody has a neighbor, a friend, a relative, someone who's experiencing the extreme, the stigma is still very much attached to it. And so you just don't know where to go. Where do we start? Yeah, that's very true. And one thing I tell people a lot is, you know, you are not alone. It's such a private thing that, you know, only your very closest friends are really going to confide. So there are a lot of people surrounding you that are struggling with the same exact thing. You just don't know it. There was a study done, and people would rather talk about intimate, personal things about their sex life than their finances. I mean, it's really last on the list of what people want to be sharing. You can feel very, very alone. And that's why I think, you know, the web is a great place, um, but, you know, like everything on the web, you have to weigh your source. And um, so I think that's really important as well. You need trusted resources. You need experienced people. Um, And you need to be sure not to hear, you know, a snippet of something and take that gospel and, you know, base your whole strategy on it. You really need to, you know, have kind of a holistic view of what's going on and what your options are because you always have options. There are always options in every situation. Yeah, I'm sure there are. And, um, you know, we see people struggling with varying levels of debt. Emily, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen people make? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I have had many, many root canals to the extent that I told my infodonist that I needed a punch card. Like, I should be getting, like, the 10th one free or something. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because I have a huge fear of the dentist, and I only go to the dentist when I'm in pain, right? And it has to be really bad pain, you know, uh-huh. not just a little bit of pain. So the thing that I see people do is wait so long. And one of the one of the kind of the outcomes is, like, a lot of times I'll talk to people, and they've cleaned out their retirement fund. And so they've come in, and they've tried to keep the ship afloat by basically borrowing from the future. And it just breaks my heart because... 
in most scenarios, those are protected. So I just talked to a couple today, and they had cleaned out their retirement funds and paid off their cars. Well, in California bankruptcy law, retirement funds are protected, pardon me, but cars are assets that aren't protected. So they took something that was protected and turned it into something that's not protected and, and now is, you know, potentially subject to being lost. And if we had talked two months ago, they wouldn't have done that, you know. Wow. What a great heads up. Emily, we're going to go into break in a few seconds. And when we come back, I'd love to hear maybe another example or two, because that, you know, that's absolutely something that people wouldn't know. And that's a that's a fabulous example that we need to know what what we can lose and what we may not lose. And a different I mean, there are so many different options in bankruptcy nowadays, too, I do believe. So we'll come back with Emily Chase Smith of Big Dumb Stupid Debt right after this break. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on Togginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R, realize it is possible. E, embrace all relationships. A, advance through adversity. D, develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And if you are amongst the millions struggling with debt in this country today, really any country, then you're in the right place. We're here with attorney Emily Chase Smith 
of Big Dumb Stupid Debt, make sure and check out that website, bigdumbstupiddebt.com. <laughs> I love it. It sounds so fun when you say it. You just I know. It's just, it is. It's, I, I love, Emily, that you put this comfortable, um, I don't want to use the, the word humorous twist, but you know, you just put such a comfortable twist on it that makes the whole topic so much more approachable. You hear these, um, these debt specialists and debt negotiators with the big, deep voices that sound so intimidating, and it makes it all so much more scary, but yeah. you're not like that at all, so I really love that about you. <laughs> well, because we don't want to play on fear. We want to work towards hope. I mean, this is all about going from where we are now to going to a better place. You know, my job is the logistics of that, but what we really need is the hope, seeing the vision. Right, right, and it's it's difficult when you're you're in the throes of, you know, some people look at it as ruin and anxiety to really understand that there can be hope ahead, and uh, that you can apply that million dollar mindset, which is what this show is all about, and and step into hope for a different future that really is the outcome of whatever is best for you if. If you so desire it to be. Isn't that right? You know, I think so. We personally had a time in our lives where we, I mean, it was a, for us, a, a big game changer. We lost a big house. And this was back in the days when people weren't losing houses. It wasn't a foreclosure, but it was a sell it quick before the bank takes it kind of yeah, position. Yeah. And um, I cannot tell you the trajectory. It changed our life in such a good way. And it was so painful at the time. And it was very difficult to work through, but really, truthfully, I would not change that for anything. I mean, it was really such a cleansing time. It, it changed our family. I'm firmly convinced we have two more children we wouldn't have had otherwise. I mean, it's just mm. amazing experiences. And if we hadn't been able to let go of the path we were on and take the new path, I, I, I think we would have been disappointed. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have known what we meant. It's yeah. good to hear you say not not necessarily good, although you say you wouldn't change it, that that you went through that experience, Emily. But I think it's important that you've experienced the feelings and the emotions that your clients have experienced. And, uh, you know, I always laugh and tell people I've been through so much crap in my life that there is nothing you can tell me that I wouldn't already (laughs) understand. So as a life coach, I will never judge you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This is not on from on high with my big fat bank account. And I don't know what you're talking about. No, this is life. Real life. Down and dirty life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really so is. So, Emily, going into break, you you had given us one great example of a big, big, big mistake that you've seen people make. Can you can you give us one more something that might prevent somebody out there who's listening from making the same mistake? Well, you know, waiting is the major mistake people make, and and how it manifests itself is, you know, a lot of times. When you're in debt, you're bombarded with phone calls initially, and then you're bombarded with letters, and you don't really know which ones to take seriously because creditors will just threaten up and down, backwards and sideways, and just tell you anything they can think to loosen some money from you. That's their job. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I, that I find that's really damaging to people is not knowing when it became serious, you know, when it came from the court, and that was serious. I had a guy come into my office who just had $62,000 levied out of his bank account. Um, he didn't take, when it began, 
to become serious, he didn't take it seriously. And when it gets to a certain point and it's now in the court's hands and a creditor has a judgment, they're going to be looking around for ways to collect that money. And they have a ton of things at their disposal, like wage garnishment. Bank levies are when they come in and just clean out your bank account. Um, mm. you know, and so when that happens, we ultimately we were able to get a significant portion of that back for him because he moved quickly once that happened. Uh-huh. That was a big event, like, okay, I'm, we're serious now. <laughs> yeah. But um, just waiting too late when things become serious and then starting a whole other kind of can of worms that you have to try to undo. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can't undo it. You know, sometimes it's, it's already been done. Yeah. Wow, that is that is frightening. And it's and it's true. People, as I'd said earlier, you just want to bury your head in the sand and pretend that it's all going to resolve itself. But it is only going to snowball and get worse, I would imagine. Um, Emily, would it be okay if I asked some specific uh, questions about credit repair and credit re- reports and such I've gathered since I uh, found out that we were going to do this show? Okay, great. So, so one question was about the actual credit report with um, with marks on it. If you're trying to clean up your credit, is it wise to go in and settle or negotiate or pay in full any of those things that are on your credit report? Well, it's interesting because there's sort of two roads that happen simultaneously. There's what's on your credit report and what you're liable for, and those aren't always the same thing. Sometimes things will be on your credit report that you're not responsible for, you're not legally responsible for. Maybe the statute of limitations is has passed. Maybe it's a mistake, a mistaken identity. Had another guy in here, there was an old gym contract that he had been deployed overseas and they tore it up, but it you know, still ended up on his credit report. So that's one issue. And then the other side is you can take things off your credit report but still be liable for them which means mm-hmm. you're still going to get sued over them, and, you know, it's still a debt that's hanging out there. So it kind of depends on what you're trying to accomplish. If you're trying to clean up your credit so you can buy a house, that's one thing. If mm-hmm. you're trying to clean up your debt so you can move on with your life, that's something else. So mm-hmm. just getting something off your credit report doesn't mean it's gone. Okay. All right. So in the case where someone is trying to get a mortgage or a car loan or something like that and they want to raise their credit score, um, going in and settling or negotiating or paying off, is that an option? Yeah, and that's a fantastic option, which will accomplish both those tracks at the same time. You will have okay. wrapped up that debt, and then it will be you know, charged off on your credit report. But the key, too, is anytime you settle a debt, you just have to keep that paperwork forever and ever because mm-hmm. it can be sold again on the secondary market, and, and you may hear again about this very same debt. You may have to defend against it again. So always keep that mm-hmm. stuff. And once you do that, is there a way to remove that uh, comment from your credit report? You know, it's kind of interesting. A lot of the credit report cleansers are, frankly, just scams. Mm-hmm. Um, I do work with one company that kind of has it wired, and you're really basically looking for loopholes in the credit reporting process. Like a lot of times, you can be very successful getting a bankruptcy off your credit because mm-hmm. the credit reporting companies have to firsthand verify that bankruptcy which means they need to send somebody down to that local bankruptcy court and verify, yes, it was Emily Chase Smith's bankruptcy. Well, they don't do that. They use LexisNexis, which is a legal clearinghouse. So if you challenge that bankruptcy on your credit report, the credit company has to take it off. So it's kind of interesting. It did happen, but it doesn't have to be on your credit report because they won't verify it in the proper fashion. Mm-hmm. 
And what is the process for challenging something that is on your credit report? You know, I always use an outside company because if it's a legitimate ding on your credit report, it's only a loophole that's going to take it off. It's only going to be some methodology that wasn't followed, some process, some law that wasn't followed, and those are all very, very specific. You need a reputable, you know, credit cleansing company to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, is, is that then what you do? No, I don't personally do that. I do work with a company. Yeah, um, yeah J.W. Burbank is the company that, that I think does a good job. You know, okay. it's a fair and reputable company. And some of these things, some of these industries that spring up around debt, you end up with a lot of snake oil salesmen in them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it takes a while to find one, even for us professionals, to find one that we trust and will work with. Mm-hmm. Emily, are the bankruptcy laws across the states uh, the same or very similar, or are there huge differences from state to state? You know, it's funny. There are federal bankruptcy laws, and it's a federal court that you go to for a bankruptcy. So there's some, some uniformity there. But in terms of what your income can be to qualify for a bankruptcy, that's state-specific. And in terms of what you get to keep in a bankruptcy, that's state-specific. And then every individual bankruptcy court sort of has what we call local rules or things that local practitioners know that the court is or is not going to let fly. And it, it, it's kind of just, you know, the, the good lawyer knows the law, the great lawyer knows the judge. It's kind of that concept in bankruptcy law as well. Mm. Okay. So so in your case, in, in what you do, um, you can help people with their bankruptcy proceedings just in the state of California. Is that right? Yeah, I'm just licensed in the state of California. But as a debt negotiator, how does it work? Yeah, and that's fantastic. We can do that across the nation um, okay. because it's, it's not specific to our legal licenses. Okay, great. So, Emily, who is, you know, when, when does a person know that it's time to come to you? What's going on in their life? When you're not answering your phone, uh-huh. because if you don't recognize the phone number, um, if you're not opening your mail, and if the thought of thinking about your finances, you know, kind of makes you sweat. It's sort mm-hmm. of one of those things that you, the, the Supreme Court says it knows obscenity when it sees it. Mm-hmm. You know it when it's happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can choose to ignore it, but you, you know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. And um, and that's, I think, where people go. We just got move into that place of avoidance. So when people go through this experience, and we're going to go into break in about a minute, but when, when we come back, I'd love to talk about, about this a little bit more to, to try and offer some hope. Uh, people go through this experience, they find you or someone like you, and they begin to resolve the debt. I'd like to, A, look at how the debt is resolved. If I don't have an income that allows me to pay off this $40,000 or whatever it is, um, and then B, how does my life begin to take shape again and, and take form again so, you know, that I can live and be happy again and, and make sure to put food on the table? And, and where do we go for that kind of help? And are there government agencies that can help us? And, oh, we're just chocked full of questions here today. But <laughs> 
So, so we're going to talk about that with Emily Chase Smith from BigDumbStupidDebt.com when we return from this break. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. Do you get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's Real Moms in the Real World. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on toginet.com. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Did you know that just in the first three quarters, the first nine months of 2010, 816 thousand homes were foreclosed upon in the United States. And 2011 didn't bring much of a decrease at all. It really is a a tragedy of epic proportions because the banks are repossessing homes and uh, people are left without their homes and without somewhere to go. And the banks are left with uh, big white elephants that they don't have anything to do with. So we're here with Emily Chase Smith talking about debt and facing debt and some of the things that you can do to avoid it going that far. Hey, Emily, welcome back. Thank you. So I had some questions for you going into break. What do you say? <laughs> well, the first question you asked me is, how do we resolve the debt? 
-hmm. And that's kind of interesting because we really have three factors that we look at. We look at your income, how big is your shovel, your expenses, Mm -hmm. and what assets do you have. And we're kind of analyzing that in light of several different options. Bankruptcy is always an option, but it's not always the best one. There's a couple different chapters. Like we talked about, it varies from state to state in its particulars. Um, we can also do debt negotiation where we just, if we've got an asset, sometimes people have like a employee stock purchase plan that they can cash in, and we mm-hmm. can settle, you know, $100,000 with a credit card debt for twenty dollars or $25,000, and that's a great result. And they'd mm-hmm. rather do that than do the bankruptcy. Um, sometimes we do a debt consolidation where we consolidate the debt and we have a monthly payment made where we're sort of escrowing that money or saving that money on our client's behalf, and we go ahead and do that debt negotiation and and get rid of it that way. There's a lot of different ways to handle it depending on those three factors, the income, the expenses, and the assets. Sometimes we're just looking to flat get out of debt, you know, and we just just need the the credit collecting to stop. So it's really, and it depends how deep we are into it, too. Like if we have a foreclosure date, only a bankruptcy stops the foreclosure date. There's really not a lot else that can happen. Um, mm. So tons of factors go into that. But even with the bankruptcy, don't you lose the home anyway? No, not necessarily. There's some fantastic things we can do in bankruptcy. In a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, actually, I had a gentleman in my office this morning. We're going to do a Chapter 13 bankruptcy for him. Inside that bankruptcy, is going to pay off all the arrearages on his house. We're going to strip a second off of his house, and he has significant IRS tax debt that we're going to handle. In five years, right now, he's, he's a mess. But in five years, he's going to be completely debt-free with only a caught-up first on his house. He's going to be in a great position. There's some and he's, really cool things. And he's going to be able to stay in that house. Oh, yeah. Wow. He, he said to me, he said, so should I even get the Christmas decorations down? Because he has a foreclosure date on December 6th. And I said, yeah, get them down. You're good. He, he, wow. he was having the hardest time believing me. This is really going to work. <laughs> we do this all the time. <laughs> wow, that's just amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Well, that's good to know. And is that typical across the states? The, yeah, the I mean, that's, that, yeah, that's that federal side of, of bankruptcy okay. law, that, that that's what can be accomplished. Yeah. Okay, very good. Yeah. So, I mean, there's factors. It doesn't always work that way, but yeah. Yeah. So in the event that... Um, the bank does start foreclosure procedures or you're in a position where you believe your bank is going to begin foreclosure procedures, do you have the legal right to put your home on the market to try and settle that debt first before it gets foreclosed upon if you're not upside down? It depends on whether or not you have equity. You know, you're still the owner of that house all the way through that foreclosure sale date. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have equity in the home, that means you're actually asking the bank to take an amount short of what you owe them. That's what a short sale is. Short and for sale. a short sale, you need bank approval. But if, you've got, mm-hmm. if you have equity and you can sell the home for at least what you owe against it, you have the right to do that you know, all the way up to that sale date. Very good. Very good. Well, you are just such a wealth of knowledge. You know? I love this stuff. It's very sick, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very sick. No, it's, it's, it's fascinating because you are, you know, it, it is. It's very much like being a life coach. You know, when people come to a life coach, they're, they're past the stage of, of therapy. They don't want to dwell in the past anymore. They want to move forward. And it's the same thing with, with what you do. People are coming to you because they want to move forward. And you can offer them that knowledge and that expertise and the action steps and the hope that they need. So we're in very similar professions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, Emily, what are some more of the critical things that you think people need to know if they're in this situation where they're not answering their phone or opening their mail? Well, I think one of the things is the second part of the question that you asked me before the break, and I thought was an excellent question, is, you know, how does your life take shape after this? And I think that's a huge part of the hope, because when you can see the end goal, it, it makes going through the pain worthwhile. And one of the great things is, is when we deal with our debt and, and we put together a strategy and we implement it, there's a line drawn in the sand and it's over. And so it was kind of interesting when you asked me that question. I thought, how does your life take shape? I thought, any way you want to. All of a sudden, you are free. And I tell people, now your income from this time on is yours. Now you choose what you do with your income. You're no longer running around trying to pay this person with money from that person and losing sleep and all of that. Once you get your debt handled, you just draw a line in the sand and you can do whatever you want to. It's, it's so freeing. I mean, the, the visual difference that I see between people when they first come into my office and when, when we finish, you know, either debt negotiation, consolidation, bankruptcy, you know, some sort of solution for them is night and day. Wow. Yeah, I would imagine the effect that, oh gosh, that ringing phone and those those threatening letters and, you know, all of those things has on people just must be overwhelmingly negative. And, you know, your your psychology and your physiology certainly affect one another. And, and I'm sure when you hear that phone ringing or whatever else, all the stuff that goes on that that you just, you know, your shoulders slump and you put your your head in your hands and, and have a good cry and, and it's hard. It's got to be hard. So, yeah, just alone having those things stop must be very empowering. Yeah. It's like a, a reminder 20 times a day. You know, this isn't going well, not doing, you know, not mm-hmm. doing great. I think one of the other things it does is it hampers your creativity. All of a sudden, you kind of feel like a rat in a maze and in a box, and you feel like there's no options. And I think mm-hmm. that extends to every area of your life. Like, I see salespeople, their numbers are going down. You know, and these are really dynamic people. I mean, you, you have to know these are people that, you know, have made half a million dollars a year. Um, they're, they're very, very successful in their chosen professions. They absolutely have the million-dollar mindset. They just don't know how to apply it to tackling this debt. And as soon as you get scared, your creativity is gone. You know, you need somebody else to open up those possibilities for you. Right, right. And all of a sudden, and and this I would think, well, you said people in sales, that's certainly true. And people who own their own businesses who mm-hmm. have had a tough ride with the, the economy, um, you know, you need creativity when you're an entrepreneur. You have to have that creative cap on. And if your phone is ringing off the hook and you're receiving, you know, these letters in the mail and these constant reminders of your quote unquote failure, then, yeah. you know, how can you step up to lead a company? So, yeah. That's got to be very, very difficult. So tell us, tell us another wonderful success story. I love hearing those. Oh, let's see. Well, I mean, we talked about a Chapter 13 success story. We do a lot of Chapter 7. That's the shorter procedure where you're just discharging your debt. It's a little tougher to qualify for, but still a lot of people qualify for it. And we use that a lot when there's been a business and it's time to just draw the line in the sand on that business and start a new business. Ah. So a lot of times people have personally signed on leases, personally signed with vendors, 
And so they've, they've had this business and the business maybe hasn't been successful and we need to close the door on that business so that they can open the door on the next business. And they kind of have the germination of the idea for the next business, but they can't do it while they still have the old stuff hanging around. So we do a lot of um, kind of business wrap-up bankruptcies on a personal side and let people really go forward and, and you know, start mm-hmm. a new, great, successful business. Yeah, it's like having a clean slate once and for all. Mm-hmm. It's got to just feel wonderful. Emily, yeah. how did you get, I mean, what made you choose to be a bankruptcy attorney? How did you get into this field in the first place? You know, I've been an attorney for a long time. And when you're a young attorney, you'll practice anything. We call it food law, you know, anything that puts food on the table. Um, and doing that, you end up with experience in a lot of different practice areas. And so I had experience in I mean, estate planning, workers' comp, personal injuries, you know, probate, yada, yada, all that stuff. Um, and then we moved overseas as part of that story that I told you earlier. That was one of the things we were able to do was go live in Prague, Czech Republic for five years. Oh, wow. And we, yeah. And when we came back, I said, you know, I've been gone for five years. I was teaching and, you know, those kind of things. But I thought, I have a chance to, to sit down and decide. I have enough years on me as an attorney that I can choose what I want to do. And I just sat down and thought through all the practice areas that I had been in, all the different jobs I had had, and I thought, this was the one, and it's really because of the hope. You know, a lot of times as a practicing attorney, it's just um, conflict. And, you know, every phone call, is, it's kind of like a debt collection. You know, you've got to try and negotiate something with somebody, you know, who doesn't, you know, it's all litigation stuff, and it's just exhausting. But bankruptcy, there's such a great positive at the other end that I thought that's what I want to do. I want to be involved in moving people from point A to point B and sort of releasing them like doves off to do their best thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, yeah, that's what I decided to do. Hmm. Have you ever, I don't, I don't know if this is a question you want to answer, so if you don't want to, you just feel free to say, uh, but have you ever yeah, I might have client? to plead the fifth here, huh? The million dollar mindset. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a prospect come into your office and actually you're going to really catch a break here because we're going to go into break in a minute. So I'll ask the question and, and await the answer when we return. Have you ever had a prospect walk into your office and have a conversation with you and you think to yourself, you dirty, lousy bum, you're you using the system. I'm not going to help you. <laughs> so we are here with, with attorney Emily Chase Smith and make sure to go check out her wonderful website and her blog in her upcoming podcast series on big, dumb, stupid debt, because you will just love Emily's very, very refreshing and hopeful view on debt and how you can resolve your debt issues and your your bankruptcy issues and your foreclosure issues and, and all of that stuff that comes with big, dumb, stupid debt. This is Marla Tabaka. We're going to go into break. And I sure do thank you for joining us here on A Million Dollar Mindset. We'll be right back. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. 
Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette. On toginet.com. People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears, just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune in to Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us. For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here with Emily Chase Smith of Big Dumb Stupid Debt. If you have a question for Emily, please give us a call at 877 877- Eight six four four eight six nine. Call into the show in this last segment. And before we get back to Emily with uh, with her response to my nosy question, I want to remind you that tomorrow I am doing another show on this very topic over at eftradioonline.com on my other podcast, which takes place every other Tuesday. And uh, we're going to actually use a uh, technique called the emotional freedom techniques to help you through the stress, the anxiety, and the fear of your financial situation if you're not in a good place. So join me tomorrow at 12 o'clock Eastern time. We'll use this uh, emotional freedom techniques to banish your fear and other negative and overwhelming emotions. If you don't know much or anything at all about EFT, visit my my EFT website, which is quicktaps, Q-U-I-C-K, TAPS.com. And I'll see you tomorrow at EFTRadioOnline.com at noon Eastern. So, Emily, what do you say? Have you ever thought that? <laughs> you know what? I have. But you know what's fascinating? Only one time out of all the clients I've talked to, one time. And you know, wow. you can smell it a mile away. I, probably within mm-hmm. the first two minutes. You just, <sighs> yeah. He, yeah. he was there to work the system, and so I just told him he could work it with somebody else. 
<laughs> Good for you. Yay. Oh, yeah. No, we don't need, we don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the reason that I asked that really, Emily, is because I would guess that when people start thinking about options like bankruptcy and, um, oh, gosh, there are a number of different instances, I'm sure, but this is the one that's coming to my mind, that, well, people who, who have to utilize the system and go on food stamps and, and things like that, that there must be, for some people, that little voice in the back of their heads that says, I don't need to do this. I'm just using the system. And do you have people who feel guilt over, you know, filing bankruptcy or or whatever else is out there for them? You know what? I would say most of my clients do. I I just, nobody skips in and is like, let's do it. Let's file a bankruptcy. Nobody's happy about it. Nobody wants to be in this position. Um, But I do remind them, you know, bankruptcy is provided for by the government, and there's a reason for that, and it's not because they're being nice to us. It's because they want us to be out there and be productive members of society. And they could do debtor's prison like they used to do in, you know, jolly old England, but that doesn't work. It's much better for all of us as a whole if when somebody gets in over their head, we cut them some slack, we set them free, and they're again a productive member of society, standing with us, buying things at the store, investing money, being creative, starting businesses. That's what we want everybody around us to be doing, not to be mired under debt and be sad and depressed. So it's really Mm -hmm. self-serving for everybody else that there is this system in place. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, in the case, I think we have, given our financial times now, I think that we have a couple or a few different scenarios here. We we have people who have just been in a life of overspending and really pushing their charge cards to the limits because they can. And then we have people who might have become unemployed or underemployed or their business starts failing and such, and they're forced to use those charge cards. Um, either way, once once we get them out of debt or in the, in the process of resolving debt, is there something that you recommend to re-educate them or support them in some other way so that it doesn't happen again? Or I don't know. You take it. I, I don't. You know. I don't even know where I'm going with this. But you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's interesting. I've had some people ask me for that. Most of us have have learned our own personal lessons, mm-hmm. um, and so I most of my clients I can tell they've got a plan for the future. They mm-hmm. they've come through the fire and 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 they know what they're going to do now. Um, for other people, I did have a woman <laughs> sit down. She's so sweet. She goes, "Okay, clearly we're not good with our money." <laughs> and you know they they weren't being crazy, but you know yeah they they probably weren't being good <laughs> with their money. He said, is there something you can recommend? And I really like Dave Ramsey. I think he has a good solid plan. He's a little bit, he's intense. He's an intense man. But, you know, I told her, if you do Dave Ramsey, you'll never be in debt again. <laughs> wow. So for won't. those of us who don't know, tell us a little about, bit about who Dave Ramsey is. Um, he's, a, he's a financial counselor, guru guy, DaveRamsey.com. He's got podcasts and products and all kinds of things. But what he really has is a very strong framework for getting out of debt and staying out of debt. And so for the people that I've helped, they're already out of debt. They don't need his first couple baby steps on getting out of debt. But in terms of not getting into debt again, Dave Ramsey is four square against credit cards. So he, he's a debit card guy all the way. And so if you don't have credit cards, you can't get into credit card debt again. Right. Um, he, 
Go ahead. Uh, no, no, I just said that's right. I mean, I, I'm a believer yeah. of that, too. I don't have credit cards. I only use my debit card. And Yeah. 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 And he also so, uses what he calls an envelope system, which is just a glorified envelope. It's one that says groceries and one that says gas. And, you know, and that's a way to take it all the way back to the basics and train yourself and, you know, then move forward. Because we're all grown-ups here. We're all intelligent. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of training ourselves. Yeah. What do you think of websites um, like, uh, what's that one, ningdirect.com, where you actually allocate funds and you deposit funds into different accounts to manage your budget? Um, you know, personally, it's a little labor-intensive for me. <laughs> I don't know if it's an envelope. That's the truth. I but like I, the one know, envelopes with very... the, the cashola inside, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just want it to be simple, and if it's too complicated, I just know I won't do it. So I just try to keep things down to their most simple components. Mm-hmm. Okay. But for some people, I mean, it must work fabulously. You know, whatever yeah. works. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine that, that that would be a good solution for some people because not everybody would have the um, discipline to keep the envelopes full. <laughs> you know. Yes, there's that too. You will yeah. eat hot dogs your first couple months. Yeah. You will. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want the sushi, you can steal from the uh, the taxes because they're not due for six months, right? So, Yikes. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Emily, what what uh, what about the folks who are not yet at the point where they need your services or the services of someone um, who does what you do as well? Um, but they're they're kind of you know the credit card is getting a little unmanageable for them. What are some tips you can give them other than stop spending money? Is there anything that you can offer them about paying down that credit card and maybe you know like I heard a tip once uh, this program a friend of mine went to where the guy. I said, okay, everybody needs one charge card, but what I want you to do is put it in a big freezer lock baggie, fill it with water, and put it in the freezer so that <laughs> you can only access it in emergencies and it's not in your pocket. Do you have any good tips for folks who are heading for disaster? Oh, I often shop that way without my wallet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> Leave your wallet at or home I, when you go shopping. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, or I give it to my friend that I'm shopping with, you know, with kind of alligator claw orders. Only let me, you know, uh-huh. you can feel it. You know, you can feel when you're ready to go on a spree. Uh, one thing I would tell people is credit card interest rates are negotiable. So mm-hmm. if you're paying on a credit card, and maybe you're not to the point where we've been talking about, but, you know, it's, you're spending some significant money. You know, call and get that negotiated. Call around and see if you can get something with 0%. And, you know, just make it easier to pay it down because it feels so good when you get that thing paid off. Mm-hmm. And then look around for some extra work. You know, it, it doesn't take that many hours to, you know, pull some extra cash and get that thing paid off. You know, if you owe three, four, five thousand dollars 5000 that's not a ton for most people, usually relative to their income. But you put in some overtime, you know, if there's something else that you could offer you know, that would that would earn you some extra income just for a small amount of time to put you over the over the line. Yeah. If you find yourself making those minimum payments, then it's it's certainly a good sign that you're overspending on those charge cards. Right. Yeah. And you can look now they're required to put on your statement how many years it's going to take to pay this off if you're paying the minimum payment and take one gander at that. After you stand up from fainting, you'll be completely motivated. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Are there any other little secrets on those statements that we need to look at? 
Is that oh, it? Oh, I'm sure there's a ton of secrets, but that's <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I love this. Uh, well, we've got uh, probably about three minutes left in the show, and I'm wondering if there is anything that we've overlooked, anything else that you would like to leave our audience with today. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about our topic, subject to the title of your podcast, and I thought, you know, many people would think million-dollar mindset is incompatible with talking about debt. Mm. And one of the things I was thinking about is it's so compatible with talking about debt because we're talking about getting out of debt, handling debt, and so we're talking about using that million-dollar mindset, using that hope, seeing the vision, and, um, you know, putting yourself in a better place. And one of the things I was thinking about is it's so important to constantly remind yourself of your successes. I see a lot of people, and they were major heavy hitters making serious, serious money. And they're still doing, by most standards, what we would call very, very well. But their lifestyle was geared for, you know, that big money. Mm -hmm. And and so I always want to remind them, you know, the first million is the hardest. The first $100,000 a year is the hardest. You already know how to do this. You have so many skills. This is so temporary. This is a a blip that, you know, you'll think back to, oh, in 2011 when we went through that and, you know, we're through it and, we you know, we're years down the road. It's so temporary. And remember all of your successes. Remember who you are. Remember the skills that you have. Don't let this be an overwhelming thing because you can still have that million-dollar mindset, and that can get very far in this process. Yeah, you are right on with that. Thank you so much. You've just done such a a delightful job here today with us, Emily. It's been a pleasure. Make sure everyone to go and visit Emily Chase Smith at BigDumbStupidDebt.com and uh, check out that blog. It's just chocked full of fabulous information. Thank you, Emily. And I'd like to remind everyone to join me tomorrow over at EFTRadioOnline.com where we're going to talk more on this big, dumb, stupid debt topic and uh, apply some emotional freedom techniques to that as well. And don't forget to check out this week's Inc. Magazine article, which you will find at inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. And we're talking about membership sites, which maybe is something that Emily Smith needs to check out. So (laughs) take a visit. Thank you, everyone. I look forward to seeing you here on the Million Dollar Mindset next week. And I love that you're all with us here today. Continue to send me those emails at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there,